Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. July 27th, AEW Fight for the Fall, and this is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by NYC Demon Diva Issa and Jimmy Corderas tonight to talk about AEW Dynamite Fight for the Fall, and Daniel Bryan is back. We had developments. We have a new FTW champion. A lot to get into, a lot to break down. Uh, Jimmy, to you first, what did you think of tonight's show? I thought it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of interesting stuff. That, you know, it it there's a lot of action in AEW Dynamite pretty much every week. And mm-hmm. their fans base buys into it. Uh, there are little things I would have liked to see tweaked through the show, which we'll get into as the sh- as as our show progresses along. But at the same time, I found it very entertaining. Uh, it's just like little things I wish that would have been different, whether it's placement of certain matches, uh, that sort of thing. But uh, overall, I don't want people to think that I'm trying to crap on the product. I, I'm very no, entertained no. by it. But at the same time, you know, I think it could be better if they did little things. Of course, that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because uh, while a lot of what we saw tonight was actually quite good, what's interesting is some of the things that we didn't see um, or some of the ways that they, uh, you know, tease things that were coming up or announce things that were coming up. Uh, you know, sometimes you can have all the right ingredients, but if you just cook them in the wrong order, that's what's uh, keeping you from perfecting a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And I think that might have been, you know, just some minor grievances uh, tonight along those lines. But Isa, I know. You were paying close attention to the show. You sit there watching Dynamite. You take notes. During the commercial break, you rewind the segments. And you think, I'm Mm -hmm. going to get as much detail as possible out of this program so I can talk about it at length, down to the second. What did you think tonight in your Sailor Moon homage top? Thank you. uh, Looking lovely as always. Uh, What did you (laughs) think of Fight for the Fallen tonight? I think there is a couple of things that I like. There's a couple of things that I didn't like. And like, like, like Jimmy said, we'll talk about it. There's, there's some things that I agreed and disagree with. Uh, listen, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But yeah, I, I was entertained. I will say that. And I thought that main event was incredible. It's a very good main event. Blood at the opening of the show, blood at the end of the show. Blood in, blood out. There's always blood. Uh, there's always blood. We'll get into yeah, that. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, and Roosh. Oh, my oh, God. Wait a Thank minute. You. Let me ask you, Glenn. Yeah. How mm-hmm. do you enjoy it? Because you're not an yeah. AEW person. See, me and Jimmy do this every Wednesday. You don't, <laughs> you don't show up. So how did you enjoy tonight's Dynamite? I thought a lot of what we saw was very good. Um, I think the women's division remains uh, a key weakness in how they present it. Not the talent, but it is very interesting. Tonight, and I just need to get this off my chest because a lot of people on Twitter were talking about this. In the first hour of eight of all elite wrestling tonight, you did not see a woman on screen who was not accompanying a man as a girlfriend, a valet, or a sidekick. And we had a they only show up at 9:30. Between 9:20 and 9:30 yes. is when you'll and see. We had, them. That's we had that, the cold main event tonight, no build. I don't think we got a recap really before it. Um, and it's, it does a disservice uh, to Thunder Rosa. And the, the women as a whole, when they're just 
I mean, I don't want to say it, it was billed as a co-main event, but I felt like it was treated more like a cooldown, which is very disrespectful. And here we are it's three years into event. AEW. It's the same spot they're in every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just no excuse three years in that this is is still what's what's going on. And, you know, I made the comment on Twitter, even during the worst, most problematic of the WWE Divas era, the women were largely presented as individual competitors with their own identities mm-hmm. and personalities. I just thought in that first hour tonight, that was a really bad look for AEW. No, absolutely. I have to agree with that because uh, we've been talking about this forever, Issa, right? Where the women seem to have been cemented in that, pre-main event slot where yeah. they're, they, they, that's that's their spot every week i mean like you said other women show up throughout the show whether it's accompanying someone valeting whatever the case may be or just part of a backstage quick promo segment whatever but they seem to be cemented in that pre-main event slot uh, on a weekly basis and it's it, it, there's so much women's talent there that i think they're they're missing the boat on not taking advantage of and Compared to last night on NXT, night and day difference. On NXT, I lose count of how many separate women's feuds, storylines. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's mm-hmm. the hottest thing in NXT, week in and week out. So and a lot I feel of like people feel important in NXT. A yeah. lot of people feel like they can go for Mandy Rose right now. You have the story mm-hmm. with Cora Jade. You have Roxy. You have, you have Nikita Lyons. There's so many people that you think can go for that main title in NXT right now, where in AEW, they don't have anybody built up for either one, TBS or World Champion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And stuff, and some of the talent they do have, like, they're barely featuring. It's just, it's very right. um, crazy to me that this is kind of where it's at at this point. Yeah. Uh, a mm-hmm. couple of super chats, Robert Martinez uh, saying, Issa, love the hair, and the Ricky mm-hmm. Starks segment was great. Okay. Uh, Corey Pride wasn't necessary for Jungle Boy to have Tourette's syndrome. Oh, you wow. can't get over without the potty mouth. Uh, <laughs> uh, t- t- tonight, tonight he went from jung- Jungle Boy to Jungle Man with yes. that kind of language. There you go. There you go. No, he did it. Yeah, he looked like the toddler that learned a curse word. Now they're just using it all over. Yeah. It, see, it, uh, again, uh, see uh, if you've been following my riff and rants this week, they've had a theme where sometimes uh, more is not better. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, Jungle Boy's promo, we'll get to it. But uh, again, the potty mouth, having him say, you know, potty mouth words constantly throughout the thing just made him feel like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Doesn't, I, doesn't I, get, yeah, it doesn't get that, you know, like, oh, he said, you know. It's kind of like when uh, in, uh, you know, occasionally in a Batman thing, they're like, now we're going to give Robin a time to shine and show that mm-hmm. he's ready to to sit at the grown-ups table. No, Jungle Boy's right. not quite there yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's unfortunate. But let's talk and talk about where this started tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very good start. We had Moxley in the crowd tonight. We had him going against Roosh uh, for the AEW Interim World Championship. And, man, if you think it gets nuts uh with the blood we had roosh licking the blood tonight taking moxley's blood and like rubbing it on his face um for uh the blood and guts promotion they really took things up a notch tonight uh jimmy what'd you think of this opening match i thought it was a great match i just didn't like the placement of the match and and again talking about too much of a good thing you don't need uh, yes i get it he's the interim AEW World Heavyweight Champion, but you don't need him on television wrestling every week because when he does, it doesn't feel special. 
Like, I know people mm. complain, oh, we don't see enough of Roman Reigns here and there and here and there. But when we saw him on Monday night, it felt like a big deal because we finally got to see him on TV. If your champion is wrestling every week, and especially someone who's not really ranked, who debuted a couple of weeks ago, yes, the match was good. It was entertaining. I don't, I don't think the blood was necessary. But, you know, we're seeing that a little bit too much, in my opinion. But... Yeah. That match, if you're going to have that match, don't put it on first. Yes, you want to start off the show hot, but you don't need your world heavyweight champion to start off the show and call something else main event because then you're telling everyone your 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 world champion is not main event caliber. Mm. It's interesting. I I mean, uh, Issa, how would you have felt if they would have flipped the opening match and the closing match tonight? I have thoughts. I have a lot of okay. thoughts. Hit me, hit me. First of all, I felt like Root looked incredible at... What was the name? Death before dishonor, whatever. That pay-per-view. He got that win on that. It was the match of the night for me. So I wish if you're gonna bring him into AEW now, build him up, let him get a couple of wins. It's the same thing you did with Brody King. You're throwing these guys, feeding them to Moxley throughout this fake championship ring because it, it is it's, that's what it's gonna end up being. And it's not necessary. Like you got people invested into Rouge. They're going to tune in. Oh, he's going to be on Dynamite. Okay, good. And then you just feed him to Moxley instead of letting him get a couple of more wins. I didn't like that. The Moxley bleeding is becoming so not impressive because it's just happening <laughs> too often. I, I, I can't. I, and I'm, and I'm, you guys know it. I choose violence every day. So I'm here for violent matches. But when it's happening all the time, it, it can it can just be like oh yeah he's bleeding again let me keep folding my laundry you know it doesn't make me stop and go oh my god somebody's bleeding in this match was the yeah. match good yes i think moxley can make anyone that he's in the ring with look really good and put them over but i like seeing andrade here i can't wait to see what andrade yeah. and rush can do but if this is the first of their story it's already mm. looking like crap because you already have rush lose yes he lost to the world champ i understand mm. that but still you could have given him a couple of matches here or there just to build him up to that match against Mox. Mox does not need to be featured in the ring every week. Even when Roman Reigns was showing up every week, he wasn't wrestling every week. He would come out and cut a promo. You would see him backstage watching the Usos, but he wasn't wrestling every week. So they mm -hmm. need to figure out a better way to use Mox. And with uh, Roosh licking the blood, he's going he's to get the Mox pox. Oh, Wow. You went there. Oh, I don't know. I don't know who's. Who, I don't know who pushed more buttons on that one. You or Christian tonight? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so Mox bit Roosh tonight. Jimmy, let me ask you. Uh, in all the matches you refed, all you've been around in professional wrestling, biting seems like an underutilized tactic. Now, I, as a child, learned early on very effective way to uh, defuse a fight. However, you get labeled a biter. Sort yeah. of dirty pool. Yeah. Not not seen as a good thing. How many how many times did you have to like you know uh, penalize someone for for uh, using the teeth? No, oh, it ah man, it happened quite often, and it depended on who was in the ring. Like you remember, I remember uh, I refereed guys like uh, the Iron Sheik and people like that. Oh so, yeah, you know, you, you know there was uh, I've refereed some biters. Let's put it that way back in the day, but uh, again, we, you know it. We saw the biting in the first match, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but yeah. we saw it again later that night, some tonight, someone else doing it. So when it's done too many you know, by more than one person, then it loses its effectiveness. Kind of like mm. I've been saying, too much uh, uh, trying trying to get. I say this all the time here. I'm not sure if you're aware, Glenn. The, the, trying to put twenty pounds of potatoes in a ten pound mm. bag. 
It's true. And hey, <laughs> no just on the biting because when you're trying to defend yourself, look, I will go full Bobby Hill and kick somebody in the nuts <laughs> if it's about my personal safety. You know? Thanks for letting us know, Glenn. Yeah. yeah. I'll yell out, that's my purse. I don't know you. And just wham. Just so, do it. So in other uh, words, when I, when I meet Glenn, I'll be wearing a cup. Yes. Uh, Hey, whatever it takes. Uh, But no, good opening match. Hot start to the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, again, tonight being Fight for the Fallen, they're doing these events on TV. Fight for the Fallen once was a a streaming event uh, before they had weekly television. So I think, you know, they're trying to make it a bigger show. I understand why they opened hot. But then Jericho Appreciation Society made their way out, and we're setting this up for Jericho versus moxley to have the title opportunity um isa what do you think of the jas their look tonight i feel like sammy didn't get the memo everyone else was kind of matchy matchy and coordinated and sammy's out there wearing trunks because he was gonna uh uh you know we're just ready to go but what did you uh what did you think of uh their promo tonight i mean it was okay i have a hard time being invested in jas and i said it before outside of jericho it's very hard to be invested in everybody else it seems like sammy guevara joined a little later on you know after the jas was established and he still hasn't it just it's just not clear what the purpose here is anymore <laughs> i don't understand i'm excited that jericho asked for this rematch but outside of that i'm not very invested in um jas at the moment Jimmy, the addition yeah. of Anna J. How are you feeling about that? Uh, I, I'm I'm going to take a wait and see attitude on that, okay. and see how it progresses from there. But like Isa said, uh, the JAS right now, Jericho just shines head and shoulders above everybody else, and 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 I get it. He's trying his best to help elevate that crew. At the same time, they're not. It's almost like they're he, Jericho saying, "Climb on board. I will get you guys there." But the, you know, it's kind of like uh, he's still, you know, every time he's on the mic. You see that he's head and shoulders above everybody else, and uh, uh, the, uh, setting up the upcoming rematch between him and Mox. That's one of the reasons why I thought you talked about first and last match. Maybe that's yeah. why it should have been flipped because mm. you're, you know you're setting up, you're planting seeds for the rematch. That would have been a nice way to go off the air, mm. in my opinion. Um. So after that face off, we have the announcement for the aew world trios championship there will be a tournament are you excited isa for the trios championships i mean it didn't feel a surprise we were all just waiting for the announcement it didn't shock me right am i excited yes aw has a lot of factions a lot of people they hang out in three so uh i don't think they need any more titles i mean where is pat he just won a championship, and I don't even think that we've seen him since he won that championship. So it's like it's a, it's a, it's introducing another championship right now necessarily. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe not. Is it going to be fun? Especially the young bucks and Kenny Omega, you know, are part of the storyline. Yes, possibly, but there there's there's just a lot of belts to keep up to keep up with in AW. What do you think, Jimmy? Are you yeah. a fan of trios, or would you rather have a uh, uh, three uh, three person tag using the free bird rule? To defend oh, a regular championship. You, you know what? I kind of like that idea better. The Freebird rule. I like it. You know, reintroduce that would be kind of cool. You know, it's it. Sometimes they say, oh, "What's old is new again," especially when you haven't seen it for a while. And I like that idea of maybe introducing that Freebird rule. 
if you want to rename it, whatever you call it. But at the same time, uh, uh, again, I, I hate to sound like Captain Agreeable, but Issa's right. I think there's too many championships and not enough uh, time to, to, to invest in them television-wise. Yes, I get it. They get two hours on Wednesday night. They got an hour on Friday. And they've got all the stuff on their YouTube channels and stuff like that. But that's still, uh, uh, you know, not enough TV time, which is right now at this moment where the money is. Yeah, if you look at the belts to roster, I mean, we're uh, a hair away from having the participation championship and everybody gets one just for uh, lacing up mm -hmm. their boots. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. It's a, it's it's kind of like the way I'm feeling with, with we talked about Moxley appearing every week. It's almost like he's the intercontinental champion because that Ooh. was back in the day, the workhorse championship. Yeah. Yeah, and to, and to Jimmy's point in the chat, it's like if you put something on their YouTube channel, you have 169,000 viewers that watch the dark, right? And then you have what I said, they're averaging about 900,000 viewers in on, you know, Wednesday nights. So mm -hmm. what you're going to have, assuming that 100,000 of them are watching dark, you have what, 800,000 people, more than half of your audience clueless about what people are talking about because it's going on on a YouTube show. Mm -hmm. You have to put some of these people on actual television in order for people to become invested. People don't want to talk about the casual viewer, but there is people that only tuning in on Fridays. They're clear on Wednesdays. They're clearly not tuning in on Fridays either. Look at the difference in the numbers they're doing between Wednesday night and Friday night. So things well, need to be happening on Wednesday night in order for them to kind of like push the storyline or the narrative. And let's go further with this tough love for a second. Tony Khan firmly uh, with, with passion and spirit that normally he saves only for Twitter mm -hmm. for roasting people uh, emphasized that ring of honor is not going to be AEW developmental. So we have the ring of honor championships as well that will mm -hmm. be appearing regularly in AEW. It is a little, it is a little excessive at a certain point. Uh, yeah, I get once again. Here we go. When uh, more is not always better, sometimes less is more, and especially when it comes to all these titles, less is definitely more. I love I love Tony Khan and his tweets. You know, like every week mm -hmm. if the audience drops, he'll be like, "We were number one on cable." He reminds me of that scene on Fast and the Furious where he was like, "Dude, I almost had you." Like, still trying to celebrate something that you should probably not be celebrating. But that's mm -hmm. a, that's a story for a different day. Mm -hmm. No, and I think. Let me reiterate, the wrestling tonight was fantastic, but it's interesting. The honeymoon is over. You know, we're three yeah. years in. Um, they know a thing or two about a thing or two at this point. <laughs> They've got two wrestling companies, a phenomenal roster. Yeah. Um, now we get to see how the experiment of, oh, we don't need writers. We get to see how some of these things that they're trying to be different how it's actually going to work out. And I think it's very fair to, to criticize it again. The wrestling is fantastic, but the like wrestling is not what's wrong with professional wrestling. The wrestling is actually no. the best it's ever been. Uh, and this I, is agree. I agree. Look at everything that everybody's in WWE on their pay-per-views are putting on incredible matches mm -hmm. and their shows. Mm -hmm. You have Forbidden Door where we saw this new Japan talent come in and, and show what they're doing over there. The Ring of Honor pay-per-view, I found that highly enjoyable. So the, the wrestling, and technically speaking, we're talking about pay-per-views where all you see mm -hmm. is wrestling, right? There's no storylines mm -hmm. being built. So I don't have a problem with the wrestling. And I was highly entertained, but if we're going to talk about all of the topics that are surrounding these things, we have to obviously, you know, give it their ups and downs. 
Absolutely. And as we say, it is the wrestling business. And when you're in business, you're in business to make money and grow your audience. Catering to one specific group of fans does not grow your audience. And I think that's the, the where the honeymoon phase ends now. They got to yeah. start thinking about expanding their audience. And as much as their, their core audience hates the term sports entertainment, Chris Jericho is absolutely right. That's what you need to do to grow your audience, regardless of what you call it. You still have people get invested in characters. People get invested in storylines. Yes, I like seeing great matches, and we saw a bunch of really good matches tonight. But at the same time, I want to get invested in the people who are putting on those matches. Hmm. Yeah, and the presentation is everything. Robert Martinez, nine ninety nine. Interesting observation saying i think tony wants to go back to the territory wrestling which is great because we get fresh mashups i don't mind belts it makes me invest in other companies like ring of honor new japan i mean this showcase that the forbidden door has largely been i thought the forbidden door pay-per-view for something that it was uh hard for the non-new japan fan to get excited about i think watching it it was actually incredibly accessible the matches were very good very fresh and the storyline didn't matter because it was kind of like one night only um here we're going to get these exhibitions but yeah it's it's interesting though i think you know jimmy to your point earlier yeah they're trying to they're trying to stuff a lot in and i don't think they're super serving um uh their top talents their most interesting talents and certainly not the fans in the best way possible yeah yeah you could exactly exactly my point i think I, I like the way you presented it better though <laughs> oh well thank you uh ftw championship match dan Housen versus ricky starks Man, I feel so bad for Danhausen because everyone is so excited. You don't. You're just like, <laughs> screw this jabroni. Like, get this guy off my TV. You're not. What, you're not did, a you, fan. what do you want him? To, what do you want him to come in and do? Well, I like it. I think he get, definitely became a little self-parody for a while. The more he was channeling like Cesar Romero's Joker in his character, <laughs> like it was very over the top. <laughs> um, but. Look, we don't have the tag team with Hook. There was that whole storyline. Uh, we had him get this title opportunity tonight and get beat pretty easily. Hook then comes out, challenges Ricky Stark, and wins to become the FTW championship, mm -hmm. uh, fully uh, completing the prophecy that Hook is indeed the Rob Reiner of professional wrestling. Um, <laughs> think about it. Jimmy gets it. Other people just mm -hmm. thinking cap there. Uh, but for Hook, this is very good. Um, and But then even like Stark's... Saying he's okay with losing. I mean, putting Hook over in defeat, yeah. like very mm -hmm. uh, magnanimous loss tonight. Mm -hmm. Not very heelish for someone like that. Uh, uh, yeah, I get the whole showing respect thing. And then we had the little aftermath afterwards with uh, with Hobbs and and so forth. You know, so anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Issa, yeah, I was I was I was invested in the Hobbs and Starks thing more than anything, just because I yeah. feel like they have failed so much at trying to capture these tag team titles that at this point it is better to separate them. Uh, I personally think uh, I felt like they kind of like really showed that the FTW title means nothing tonight because you would think that Hook versus Starks should have been built up mm. and not just happen as randomly as it mm -hmm. happened tonight. I wanted Hook to come out after the Den House and thing and then build up to this match, right? Because I, I did mm -hmm. think that Hook should have end up with this title. And I personally think that Ricky Starks is a star. Like, I just love him. I love his person. I, he has it. But it just felt so throwaway that it reminded me that the FTW title is a throwaway title. Now, I'm excited to see what Hobbs and Starks do as single stars. It, I don't mm -hmm. like the Starks started with a loss, and maybe he's going to be a baby face, Jimmy, I'm assuming, right? Because mm -hmm. Hobbs is the one that turned on him. Maybe that's why they mm -hmm. haven't do the show respect and all that. Um, and, and that's cool. I think people want to 
root for him. Ricky Starks is a cool dude. You want to root for him. So I just mm -hmm. wish that we would have had a little bit more of a build up and make a bigger deal out of Hook winning this title, especially with him being Taz's kid and all that. It just felt very like, let's just get it over with tonight. And oh. I wanted a little bit of a build up. Just a little bit of a buildup. I feel like they get something and they just throw it at you right away instead of just making you want it. Yeah. And well, like Rin said, they put two, uh, what could have been a two month storyline into two shows. Um, yeah. They treat FTW, the FTW title. I mean, it's been treated like a throwaway, but look, I mean, it, it's, it's somewhere between the AEW World Heavyweight Championship and World's Greatest Grandpa. It's like in the middle of the spectrum of meaningfulness mm -hmm. as far as titles go. Wow. It's it's not quite the 24-7 championship, but it's it's yeah. it's not far off at this point right now. Uh, but good for Hook. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think him defending this, I think we'll have some very good squash matches that come out of this. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, in the right setting, there's nothing wrong with that. I know that they've gotten away from that, but at the same time, you know, they're very helpful uh, tool because not all matches have to be squash matches and not every match has to be a 50-50 uh, Donnie Brook. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Powerhouse Hobbs mm -hmm. hit uh, Starks, leaving him laying. Okay, so... And, yeah. I'm sorry? No, no. I, the thing I love most about this is it was quick, clean, simple, and to the point, and made sense, and they didn't overdo it. With, yeah. a, with a, like this beat down where he constantly beats it. He just took him out, gave him the look, and that was it. I loved it. Um, so the acclaimed cut a promo saying they have a music video coming out at the gun club on Friday. I mean, this is just like th just a throwaway. Like the acclaimed, like didn't even write something funny or memorable. Like you had the acclaimed on TV for 30 seconds and you couldn't give them some punchline or something meaningful just to pop the at home crowd. No, we got the ass boys reference and that's about it. I mean, uh, yeah, that's, it, it's getting pretty lazy at this point mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. no, I agree. Um, Issa, are you excited for the acclaimed music video Friday? Always, always excited for anything the acclaimed does. No, they're great. Absolutely. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Sammy Guevara with Ty Conti versus Dante Martin with sky blue. Uh, Issa, what'd you think of this match? I thought it was okay. It was entertaining. I liked it. Jimmy? Yeah. Uh, again, very, very interesting. A lot of stuff. They got a lot of stuff in. And it's, I guess it's a sign of the times where everybody's going to get as much of their stuff in as they can when they get the time to show it on television. Uh, they they got a lot of false finishes in. They did a lot of their good stuff. Uh, uh, my only issue is, uh, again, I have problems when they go to the outside for far too long. Yeah. See what I mean? It's, you know, it's not a no count out match. I mean, like I get it. You want to do stuff on the outside of the ring, but you fight all the way to the stage. You're in the tech area. You know, you should have counted to 20, should have counted to 30. I don't know what's going on. You know, slides back in the ring. Two, three. Does, does, does the ref and you sit, sit there with the stopwatch and just start like, you know, taking, no, taking I, I, <laughs> no, it doesn't sit with the stopwatch, but at the same time being a former ref, Stuff like that just drives me insane. You know, yeah. I, I get it. You can you can fudge the numbers, so to speak, a little bit, give a little leeway here and there. But at the same time, they just let too much of that go. Hmm. And, you know, speaking of getting a lot in, so then we had, you know, both the men and the women getting mm -hmm. into it. And then after um, 
had Anna J attacking Sky Blue. Then Ruby Soho came out with Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. I mean, there was just a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, th- and there you go again, d- trying to get as much in as they can uh, because they do have a lot of a loaded roster with only two hours to present every Wednesday night. And they just try. Sometimes you just got to sit back and say, hey, everybody can't be on TV every week. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Garcia. There's always Daniel a Garcia. lot going on when yeah. these guys are in the ring. Like there is always too much going on. I wish mm. they they just knocked it down a bit. Uh, Daniel Garcia questioning where Danielson's been. So he's going to send him back to his garden tonight. Sanjay Dote uh, backstage. Chuck Taylor was there. There's going to be a six man tag team mm-hmm. match. Uh, but then let's talk about Jungle Boy out mm. there with like a very serious looking Luchasaurus. Mm-hmm. Uh, cutting a promo on Christian Cage and Jungle Boy got very personal talking about the loss of his father. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they definitely swung for the fences with aiming for this to be a career defining promo for him. Uh, Jimmy, you alluded earlier some of your thoughts on this. How do you, how do you think this hit? Uh, at first, I thought it was good. I like the I like the intensity because you know normally you know angry guy promo. Here we go again, but. It fit in this situation with Jungle Boy because Christian was pushing buttons in his promos. And I think uh, his comeback with the shots of Christian's ex-wife and that kind of stuff kind of hit home as well. I just don't think he needed to swear as much as he did. It's okay to throw one in there, but he did it like throughout the entire promo. And again, you didn't feel like it was meaningful because it was Mm. used too much in my opinion. Don't get me wrong. I thought the promo was good and it showed a lot of uh, um, character from him. But at the same time, uh, you know, the language, that much of the the cussing wasn't necessary. Isa? I agree. I agree. I don't, I didn't like the cursing. I, it doesn't fit the character that we know Jungle Boy to be. And with him coming out, and I get it. I get it because Christian really did insult him. But it fits Christian's aesthetic. It's not what I expect from Jungle Boy. And if he would have come out and share some personal things, like it was going well, right? In the beginning, he's he's getting personal about, you know, losing his father and all that. And then it just got, as I mentioned earlier, it just felt like when you learn a bad word for the first time and you just go off. <laughs> like and I don't and I don't even understand what's going on with Luchasaurus. And I also don't understand what's the deal with Genitalia's promos because you have Monday night, Robin talk about the Mrs. Balls all night, and now over here we're going to talk about Christian's member. <laughs> Is that the response? Yeah. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Sheet Black Buck ninety nine saying Dante never wins on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no. I thought uh, I liked the personal stuff. I didn't like Christian cutting Jungle Boy off. That was not done very elegantly um in the coordination between it and i think that um jungle boy should have got to finish his promo Hmm. yeah but uh, then again i i do get why it was done the way it was done uh him trying to cut him off which makes him more of a heel christian is is again another one who's getting some genuine heel heat with his controversial promos that he's been uh cutting and and shots he's been taking especially guys like jungle boy it's just that, like you said, it just felt off that Jungle Boy kept continuing his promo while Christian was having a hard time cutting him off. Yeah. So so maybe maybe the feed wasn't going out into the arena. We were getting it on television, but maybe it wasn't going out there. And uh, uh, something seemed off from a production uh, yeah. standpoint. Uh, yeah. 
uh, Young Bucks backstage sharing a little moment with Hangman mm-hmm. Adam Page, but then the Dark Order appeared. So uh, teasing some different directions mm-hmm. uh, for a new trios lineup. Yeah, again, here we go. They're going to start to promote for this trios championship. So they're going to do what they can do. And the Bucks are no longer tag champs. So maybe they, uh, I don't know, you mentioned earlier Kenny Omega. That kind of does mm. make sense to make yeah. him a trio. I don't know if he's able to get back in the ring yet or anything like that. But uh, there's, there's there time for him. reports that he's um, pretty close to a comeback. Okay. Okay, so if that's the case, that would be a good place for him to come back and ease himself back into uh, the spotlight, so to speak. I just, yeah. I, 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 I like this. I always pop for young, for I'm sorry, Adam Page and the, the young bucks interacting just because of the story that they have. I, I think I would like to see this trio story pay out, but at the same time, there's so many singles matches that I want to see Kenny Omega be a part of that I'm not sure that I want him to go into a trio story and take him away from so many matches that I still need to see. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. But I like Adam Page with the Young Bucks. I actually really do. Interesting. The Hung Bucks, yes. The Hung see, Bucks. Uh, see if it happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we've been talking about... Uh, uh, what is it? Blueberries, grapefruits, and uh, members and stuff like that. So why not the hangbucks? <laughs> hangbucks. Hangbucks. Go. Oh, oh my god, I actually love it. <laughs> uh, so Tony Nice with Mark Sterling uh, versus Swerve Strickland. Swerve looking fantastic tonight mm-hmm. out there in the ring. Really looking really good, and uh, the right guy won under the right circumstances, pinning Mark Sterling. So that it, it didn't it didn't hurt Tony Nese at all because Tony Nese did look good in this match. But at this again, uh, this match could have been the match, maybe yeah, as we mentioned earlier. Flip the order, prior, yeah, yeah. F- put it prior to the main event. Yeah, I think this was kind of like uh, I don't want to say filler match because it was kind of fun at times. Yeah, but at the same time. You know, this is the match you put on before the the main event match, not what we got. Mm. Um, we did have the development uh, video package, and and uh, Keith Lee was taken out by Josh Woods, uh, mm-hmm. so explaining why he was not there. But um, House of Black video package: Brody King challenging Darby Allen to a coffin match. Kind of excited Can't about wait. that. Can't wait. Yeah, that one's that one's kind of fitting for both guys. Yeah. Both characters, so it, it it definitely works. It just, I hope they don't just build to it, build to it. Give us a couple of weeks of you know something. Now, yeah, I know we've been kind of like nitpicking at certain things tonight. I will give credit that angle that they did at Comic Con was brilliant. It was all across mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. Everybody saw House of Black beat up mm-hmm. Darby Allen at San Diego Comic Con. Now that's how you get people to tune in, right? That's the kind of stuff. Don't put it on dark. Like put it on something mm-hmm. like that that you know is going to go viral. I personally love the setup of that. And then tonight makes sense, right? Because if you mm-hmm. saw last week, Brody King murder Darby. There's no reason for mm-hmm. Darby to want to, you know, revisit this. I would hope not. But after that attack, it makes sense. I like that atmosphere always always feels a little extra real and i pop for it mm-hmm. let's talk about miyu yamashita versus thunder rosa for the aew women's championship was did they build a story for this this felt just very cold and uh impromptu tonight this match 
there is a story behind this. Uh, Thunder okay. Rosa traveled to wrestle her oh. and lost. So that's why she got the title shot. They put all of this in Dark. So if you oh, don't that makes watch sense. Dark, if you don't watch Dark, tonight mm -hmm. just felt like, who is this person? And why is she getting a title shot? And there was a lot of criticism online that she responded to saying, I know a lot of people don't know who I am. Even Kenny Omega quote tweeted her talking about, you know, her accomplishments. But it's like, it's not your job to let us know who you are. You're coming from a foreign country, for, from a different promotion. It should be AEW's job to put this title mm. and make it a big deal. And speaking why this woman is coming here and getting a title shot because the champion lost to her. But you don't know that if you're not keeping up with the product. And mm. You don't know that if you're tuning in at 9 30 because that's when people get up to get their snacks for the main event so again i know i say it every week but the 9 30 spot is just getting old mm -hmm. absolutely agree and the other thing i uh yes i understand that they had a match in japan where she she did defeat thunder rosa to earn this title shot but it just to defeating the champion to earn a shot at the championship, it just bothers me for some reason. I get that there is such a thing as non-title matches, but having uh, uh, a match to, where you have to beat the champion to get a shot at the championship yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. make to sense. To be the champ, you have to beat the champ twice. <laughs> yes, yeah. basically. So, yeah, yeah. the other company that does it very often, it bothers me there, it bothers me here too. Yeah. Equal, equal a, opportunity... It was yeah. a good match, though. Yeah. The ladies really it did was. deliver. It was. This is why this match should have uh, maybe opened the show. You can make an argument for that. But at least, at the very least, in the crossover hour, at the 9 o'clock hour, because the three most important parts of the show are the beginning, the end, and that crossover segment. So have this match. If you if you didn't want to start the show with it, if you, you put it the crossover segment, crossover yeah. hour. Uh, yeah, and just a little more build. For mm -hmm. those that only watched the main show, I think would have done wonders to uh, give this additional context and emotional weight. But Thunder Rosa did retain. Yep. Uh, and it the was a match. it was a good no. match. I will say that I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. There was a couple of good false finishes. Mm -hmm. Well, we got a good twenty minutes tonight of Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia mm -hmm. in the main event tonight. Issa, um, what did you think of this match? I, I thought the match was great. I love seeing um, Brian being back. He is so good. He's so talented. And as soon as the music hits, I think I realized how much I missed him. AW has such a great roster that a lot of these people have been gone and you don't necessarily realize how much you miss them because the show goes on and they have so many talented people to fill up. But when you see them come back, it happened last week with Jungle Week, now this week with Brian. I almost wish they would have not even announced it, but I get it. It might, you know, it might help with the ratings or whatever, but it would have just been nice to see him return. At yeah. the same time, mm. though, I always have such a concern for Brian when he takes certain spots. Maybe it's because of the times that we've been through with him. But, oh, oh my yeah. God, he's wrestling so crazy in AEW that I can't help but to. I feel like I turn into a mom. And I'm the least maternal person <laughs> in the world. And I see him and I just want to be a protective mom and be like, Brian, are you mm. sure you should be doing this? I can't mm. get into Daniel Garcia's character. I don't find him interesting. Mm. But he does turn it up in the ring. Like, every time he's wrestling, especially yeah. in a singles match, where you can focus on him when he's on those like blood and guts you really he can't shine when there's so many people there but when you put him one-on-one -on -one with brian i thought i mm. thought it was a great match and i'm happy it absolutely was yeah no i totally agree and and you, you know what daniel garcia is a very good in-ring performer and it is as weird as this is to say 
uh, Ryan Danielson is so good right now. He even elevated Daniel Garcia and made him look that much more uh, impressive yeah. tonight. It was just, uh, uh, the, the match was incredible. I love the way it started where Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson, I was going to call him Daniel Bryan. I uh, can't <laughs> help myself. Uh, hey, JR did it. Why can't I? So, you know, yeah. where Brian Danielson came out hot and, you know, on fire and stuff like that. And I love that. And again, I love that match. I thought the match was great. Both guys looked extremely, extremely good. Uh, and getting to the finish, uh, Mind you, the way that Daniel Bryan was distracted may have been, uh, eh, you know, whatever. Another, you know, I, I sometimes have an issue with the way the the referees are are, <laughs> are are distracted or not even distracted, just look like they intentionally turn their back so that there can be an interference. I didn't mind how, the interference; I just met, didn't like how it happened. But I do like the fact that Daniel Bryan didn't tap; he passed out. And it kind of plays into that whole concussion th thing. Is he okay? Yeah, yeah. Is it, you know what I mean? The story there, it made sense. So, yeah. Jimmy, I think the way you need to be brought into AEW is you need to come in to give those refs a talking to and be, you know, and saying them, like, after the match, like, what was that? What was that? I counted to 50 when they were out of the ring. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. you know what? I know I pointed a lot of fingers at the referees, but it, it, a lot of that falls on the, the talent themselves because the referee's job is to help the talent tell their story, not to, not yeah. to not to be uh, um, you know uh, uh, you're supposed to be invisible until you need to be visible yeah. as a referee. Now, sometimes the talent say, eh, "Don't worry about it. Just turn your back on this spot or whatever and stuff like that." And, you know, as much as you want to say, but it makes me look like an idiot. You know, sometimes you just do what you're told. And I, right. I, 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 I don't want to assume that's the case, but at the same time, it's happening far too often for me in AEW, at least where uh, they're not protecting their referees. You're supposed heels are supposed to outsmart the referees. The referees are not supposed to look like the, you know, the, the characteristic, you know, wearing the dark glasses with the tapper or three blind mice playing as their entrance music, that kind of thing. And I, th I think that happens too often there. My favorite spot, and I see this at every house show, but I never see it on TV enough, is where mm -hmm. uh, the heel's getting frustrated trying to pin the baby face and explaining to the ref how you count to three. I see that every yeah. house show I go to. Mm -hmm. Always. Yeah. No. Yeah, and then the ref is going, don't tell me my job. I won't tell you how to wrestle. I tell you to stick to the rules. Yes, yes. Uh, always a good time. But yeah. so part of why uh, Brian Danielson lost was he had his foot grabbed from under the ring and it was Jake Hager. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have Jake Hager versus uh, Brian Danielson as a feud, which if you would have, I mean, there was a time. It's funny to think like 10 years ago, you know, Jack Swagger versus uh, Daniel Bryan. And it's funny to think like mm -hmm. six years ago being like, oh, man, Jack Swagger versus Daniel Bryan. But now again, it's kind of like, oh, this could be good, you know? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. You got two, two obviously uh, guys that can go in the ring. Daniel Bryan, uh, Brian, Daniel Bryan. Here we go again. Brian yeah. Danielson is now in the conversation when you talk about uh, best in-ring uh, performers oh, yeah. on on the planet, not just in the company on the planet. So uh -huh. uh, uh, Jake Hager underrated and can hang with him, especially with someone like Daniel Bryan who can make. Guys look good. This I, I'm actually looking forward to a match between these two. I want to see Brian versus Claudio so bad, mm -hmm. uh, especially for that. I think Claudio, even as Ring of Honor champion against uh, Brian, would just be phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree. I want to see Brian versus Omega the rematch. 
just mm. because we didn't have a winner when they first faced against each other. Right. So yeah, all this wrestling was good tonight. I mean, this was a good mm-hmm. show start to finish, but yeah, it was kind of yeah. easy to be like, well, they should have done this, or I wish they would have done that. He, you mm-hmm. know what's funny, though? I don't know if you all have this, too. When I watch other TV shows, I don't normally... I'm so caught up in it. I don't even have a chance to think that of, Oh, I would have done this instead. Or I'd rather see more what's going on with this character. They didn't mm-hmm. explain this well enough. You know, I think yeah. good TV, like you just shut your brain off and enjoy it. Yeah. And I think that's what's lost with a lot of, sorry to cut you off there. Isa. Um, it, I think that's what's lost with a lot of fans today is they, they, they view it to critique as opposed to view it to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And that's what wrestling is supposed to be. Since I was a youngster, I just, uh, you know, I didn't know the ins and outs, but I had an idea that maybe this was uh, predetermined outcomes. You know what I mean? I don't want to use the F word because, uh, you know, that's not a good word. But at the same time, I didn't go there looking for, oh, that didn't. Uh, I, I went to be entertained. And sometimes mm-hmm. I was, and sometimes I wasn't. Yeah. Right. Easy, your final thoughts. I, I think it's easier to give AW constructive criticism because I do think the recipes are there and we just want them to put them together and bake it, you know, nicely because I do think that AW is an entertaining show, but it's not going to be perfect. SmackDown's not perfect. Raw is not perfect. There was, again, some things I enjoyed tonight and some things I would have done a little bit differently, but overall, I thought it was a fun show. I, I personally do think that I have fun when I watch AW and I feel like they have something for everyone. And that is something that I really love, whether you like the comedy angle, whether you like the violence, whether you like the technicality. The only thing that they're not really doing well is the women's division, but I still have hope. <laughs> yeah, they, they they do need to invest more time into the women's division. And that's why I'm saying you don't have to cram as much in. And you don't need every match to end with post-match uh, shenanigans, yeah. for lack of a better term, either. Yeah. Now they're the lead into battle bots. Mm. <laughs> Robots fighting each other. Yeah, there you go. Can't wait. Uh, yeah. Tony Khan is a big fan of bots. Mm. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Okay, well, on that note, no, nothing more to be said at this time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight. Uh, we'll be back here Friday to talk about SmackDown and Rampage. Can't wait to see the Acclaimed Music video. We got the Go Home Show for SummerSlam. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be me and Alfred Kazis is going to be at SummerSlam in Nashville. In Nashville. If you guys see me, say hello. There you go. Uh, Jimmy's at Jimmy Corderas on the interwebs. He says at NYC Demon Diva. That's Diva with a one. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. And uh, we will catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care.